you got your Bibles, turn with me to Revelations chapter 22. Revelations chapter 22. I want to I talk to you this morning on this thought, what will you do? What will you do? How many ever has lived in a time to where mom and dad told you to go out and draw water and you had to go out and you had to get on the old pump? And you had to pump the water out of the well. Anybody ever, ever had to do that? Let me see your hand real quick. I wish I had one of those pumps. We'll be, we'll be using that as a sort of a, a lesson, an object lesson for us today uh, with, our, with our thought this morning. Revelations chapter 22. Look with me, if you will, at verse number 12. Verse number 12. <clears throat> the Bible says, And behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Would you listen to the words here? I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me and I'm going to give to everyone according to his work. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral and murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Let him take the water of life freely. I want you to imagine with me, if you will, this morning. I want you to imagine a person that is traveling out across this hot, barren desert. And they're hot, they're sweating, all of these things are taking place. The desert is burning, they're dehydrated, they're needing water, and they can't go on very much farther at all. Suddenly, when they, as they're walking, they walk upon this old rusty uh, uh, pump, if you will, a water pump. And tied to the water pump is an old uh, Clabber Girl baking powder can. Everybody remembers those old cans. This person opens up this can and finds a note inside that can that reads something like this. <clears throat> On October 31st, 1938, I fixed this pump. Cleaned it out, I repaired the points, put, a new, put new leathers in it. It should be good for at least five years. Under the white rock is a bottle of water. I put it there to keep it from evaporating. I want you to get it. Pour one-fourth into the pump. Let it set for five minutes, five minutes so that the leathers may soak. Pour the rest of the water into the pump and then pump like crazy. There will be plenty of water for you to drink. Refill the bottle. Put it under the white rock and leave it for the next stranger who passes this way, signed, Desert Pete. Now, if you should happen upon a situation like that, you've got a choice to make, just like this person right here. You've got a choice that you can make. You're hot, you're dry, you're dehydrated, so to speak. You've got a choice. You could just drink the water from the bottle and just simply go your way, or you could prime the pump, get excited about having plenty of water to drink, Toss the empty bottle away and you can just finish your journey or you could refill the bottle as instructed for the next traveler that came along the way. 
I want to talk to us this morning about what will you do. And I want us to look at it in these terms. I want us to look at it from this old pump that we're talking about. But Sister Jeanette, I want us to look at it also from generation to generation. What are we going to do with those that's coming after us? What are we going to do with our children? I like what Chris, and I'm so glad that she said that my kids was in the vehicle. That was watching me do what, uh, what I was going to do, paying for this person. So it went right along with what we're talking about. I want to tell you this morning, church, that every one of us today, every one of us are traveling across this life. It's a troubled life many times. It's a, it's a barren life many times. It's a hot life. It's, it's a hostile life many times. All of us come to the place in time that we need a drink of fresh water. Amen? We know today that Jesus is that needed drink. We know that He is the water of life, and we need a drink from Him. We, we, we live in this season of Thanksgiving and we've just come through Thanksgiving and, and we're coming up on Christmas and, and we need to learn to be thankful and we, need to, we know that, that, that it's more blessed to give and to receive. But, but how many would agree with me that if we're not careful, we get in so big of a rush, we get in so busy that we forget to take time to be thankful. We forget to take time to be a blessing to somebody else because of all the things that we've got to get done. You know, how many noticed that, that this year at Thanksgiving time, even before Halloween took place, they had the Christmas stuff out. They had Christmas trees and Christmas lights and <coughs> all of that, those things that took place. Excuse me this morning. And, and so if we're not careful, we, we get so busy with all of that other stuff that we don't have time to pass on uh, to somebody else that's coming up behind us. But here's the thing I've noticed about this little story that I read several days ago about this, about this rusty pump. The first thing you've got to do when you come up on a situation like that, you've got to have faith in order to deal with that situation. What are you talking about, Pastor? I mean, if you were the traveler who found the note, what would you do? First of all, if you would do what the note says, if you would just follow the instructions, in other words, you've got to have faith in somebody else that passed along before you got there, Right? You've got to have the faith that they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. You've got to believe in old Desert Pete. You, you've got, if you pour that bottle of water into the pump, you've got to believe in somebody that passed that way before. I want to tell you something that Jesus has passed our way before, has he not? He's already passed that way. He's already given us the plan. He's already given us the roadmap. He's already given us the instructions that we need to follow. What you and I've got to do is just simply follow the instructions. The difference in Christianity and all the other major religions is very simple today. Man is necessarily in a box today. We know that. We're in a box today. All other religions except Christianity says this to man. With you, if you do enough works, you're going to achieve. If you achieve enough things, you're going to succeed. If you discipline yourself enough, you're going to make it. All of those things. If you get into the right process, if you get into the right system, if you get into the right school, if you get into the, with the right people, the right crowd, all of those things, you're going to make it. Everything is going to be all right. You've got to, in essence, you've got to, in order to find God, you've got to work in order to find God. Jesus Christ. You've got to do those things in your life. But in Christianity today, God saw man in his despair, thank God. And he left the ivory places above. He left the throne of heaven above. And he came into a world of woe. And he burst into the world with, with love saying, here I am. I'm living among you. If anybody thirsts, let him come after me. How many of you have ever taken a drink of the living water of Jesus Christ today? Every one of us ought to take a drink of the living 
water of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because we know that Jesus is the water of life. Hallelujah. Now some of y'all are going to have to get off your turkey and dressing. It's sort of settling today. All right, get excited a little bit. Jesus is the water of life. You're here today because you've drank from the water of life. Amen. You've drank from the water. You've drank from the well. Somebody passed that way along before you ever got there. Somebody went to the cross for you. Somebody shed his blood for you today that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Hallelujah. Years ago, when you go back in the scripture, the Chaldeans were overcoming or overrunning the land of Palestine in a back at one. And Habakkuk said, in essence, they said this to the Lord, Oh God, what do you mean by letting your people suffer? And God could have answered something like this. He said, He could have said, Habakkuk, you, you are not going to like this answer, in other words. But here it is. It doesn't matter. Habakkuk, what might happen? It doesn't matter what the external circumstances may appear to be. They just, the just, the righteous are going to survive. God did say this explicitly in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, when he said, The just is going to live by faith. The just is going to live by faith. And when you get to that, old rusty pump. You are taking a tremendous risk to pour that water into the pump. Man's situation is really a case of life and death today when you really think about it. When you put your faith in something, when you put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a tremendous risk when you think about it. I mean, Brother Reigns, I'm trusting in somebody that I ain't never seen before. I'm trusting in somebody that I read that says I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I go, there you're going to be also. I'm believing in something, Sister Jeanette, that he said, I own the cattle of a thousand hills. I'm going to go and I'm going to make a mansion. I'm going to prepare a mansion for you. I'm believing in all of that even though I've not saw my mansion. I've not saw my God. But I can tell you, Brother Joe, that he's here in my spirit today. I can tell you that I sense him in my heart. I can tell you that he is our soon coming king and he's coming very soon after a blood believing church. Amen. How many is looking for him today? How about you? But we're taking a tremendous risk. I mean, when you think about it, life and death, our life, putting our faith, our confidence in the Lord is a tremendous risk. You see, there are a million of Muslims out there who say that you and I are not right today. They're willing to die for their faith. Are you? If y'all going to be quiet, I'm going to be quiet too. Are you willing to die for your faith? Are you willing to lay down your life for the Lord Jesus Christ today? Think about it. They are. There are multitudes with other religion persuasions who say that you and I are mistaken. Can you believe in the virgin birth? I mean, is it possible that a virgin little girl can give birth? Can we believe in the crucifixion? Can we believe that somebody actually died for my sins? Can you believe in the resurrection? I mean, is it possible for somebody to, to, to resurrect and come alive again? Do you believe in the ascension? Do you believe in the exaltation? Do you really believe that there's a heaven and a hell? Or is really this all there is to it? Do you really believe in a Jesus? Do you really believe that Jesus fulfilled the teaching of the world, the word in these events? We take a risk putting our faith into this story, do we not? Tremendous risk. I know that we live in these days that we're being told that we, it's sort of like a triangle, we're being told a lot of things. But one of the things we're being told is we have a triangle of faith with the word of God, the Bible at one point. 
At another point, we have the interpretation of the church fathers, what they meant and all of these things. And down here where we are, we, we, we have this third point of, of what our human reasoning is. And I, I really think myself, that's where we mess up. When we put this human reasoning involved in it, right? Because if I can't touch it, if I can't feel it, I'm not sure that it's real. Hello? If I don't know, if I don't see something out there, I'm not sure that it's real or not. Amen. How do we believe in a God? How do we believe in a God in a Lord? How do we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do we believe in healing today? I can tell you one way because I've been healed before. How about you? We've been touched before. We've saw the Lord work. Amen. And you must have it all together to make it all complete, we're told. And that may be so, but if you want to accept that, that's all right with me. But don't go too far. Don't go too far in, in the interpretation or, or the human reasoning, so to speak. Because everybody's got their understanding of who God is. Everybody has got their, their theology of, of what the, the Lord and, and Christianity is all about. But if it doesn't back up with the Word of God, Hello. If, if, if you can't follow the instructions, if you can't follow the little note that's tied to the pump when you, got, when you came across it, I don't know if you're going to get there. How about you? We've got to follow what the Word of God says. We've got to follow. It's not what I say. It's not what man says. But it's what thus saith the Word of God. Amen. And we've got to follow that today. Amen. You ask, well, do I really believe in that book, Pastor? Oh, yeah, I sure do. How about you? I believe in the Bible. 300 years ago, several hundred years ago rather, there's a guy by the name of Voltaire, and, and I've done some research on this, and, and some people say that this is, this is true, and some people say, well, it really didn't happen or not, but, but I like to sort of think it does. It makes for good preaching anyway. Because, I don't, like I said, you can, you can go look it up all you want to, and, and you'll, find, you'll find stories either or. Yes, it happened, and, and no, it happened, but this is what took place. Voltaire, he's dead today. He, he lived years and years ago. The Geneva Bible Society bought the house where he lived. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? This was a, a French infidel that said, the Bible, I'm going to destroy everything about the Bible. He lived in this house. He passed away. The French, the Geneva Bible study bought, bought this house where he lived. They said he set up a printing press that printed Bibles from this house. Amen. He was going to do away with the Bible. But they set up a printing press that, that, that printed Bibles in the room where he made his threat. The society stacked Bibles from the floor to the ceiling, the story goes. And out of that house and around the world has gone Bible after Bible carrying the life-giving message and the Word of God. The Bible today is still the everlasting Word of God. The Bible today is still the best-selling book in, in all the bookstores. It's the Word of God that brings truth to us. It's the Word of God that tells us which way we need to go. It's the Word of God that'll bring life to us. It'll bring something that's dead and rever uh, rejuvenated and make it alive again. It's the Word of God that we hide in our heart that we might not sin against God. It's not what I say and it's not what you say, but it's what the Word of God says. What will you do in these days that we live? What will you do in the time where you walk up on an old desert dry rusty pump? Are you going to follow the instructions or are you just going to take a drink and go your merry way you got to have faith in order to trust that person that went before you the second thing is this not only do you have to have faith you got to follow the instructions you've got to follow the directions you don't have to you don't just have to have faith you got to follow the instructions i mean now let's, let's talk about where we are today us pentecostal folks we're, you know, we're not too good at following the written instructions, are we? Say, Pastor, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty good at it. Well, let's just think about it. 
We want God to speak to us every day and tell us exactly what to do every day. We want to get some kind of special revelation from God. We want God to speak to us in a special way, better than anybody else. Hello? I mean, in fact, we're getting so carried away nowadays many times in Pentecostal circles that some of our folks believe that God ought to pour milk on our cornflakes. You say, Pastor, is that really true? Follow some of the circles. I promise you it is. We've got to have this word and this word and this word. Well, what happened to this word? Hello? I didn't had God speak to me in an audible voice. I hadn't either. Oh, pastor, you're, you're a pastor. You're supposed to have God speak to you. All. No, he ain't never spoke to me in an audible voice. But he has spoke to me many times through the written word. We want God to do this in a special way and this in a special way. Amen. And we're built, we build our relationship many times on an emotionalism. Hello. And I, I, I might get in trouble this morning because I am Pentecost. I'm not going to change from being Pentecost. I love it. But listen to me, church. We messed ourselves up if we're not careful. We want to feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps, and there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, when God speaks through his word, we need to follow the instructions. Hmm. Boy, there's a lot of stuff going on in my mind right now that I don't know if we can handle this morning. I mean, we're settled, in our, we're settled in our way. We're settled in our faith. We're settled the way we think God is going to work and God's going to move. Listen, God, you're not, you don't confine God. You don't tell God which way he needs to go and where he doesn't need to work. But he is going to follow his word. He's going to follow what he's already given you. And if we would just follow that, if you want to know what makes the pump work, read the note. Read the word of God. If you want to know what bring, bring life to this barren world of ours, read the book and follow the instructions. Amen. Amen. You're taking a tremendous risk by simply following the instructions of the Bible when you think about it. I mean, the word of God, we want all these revelations. We want all these confirmations because we have so little knowledge of God's eternal word. We like to say, well, I'm just going to do what the Spirit tells me to do. Now, I hope I don't step on any toes this morning, but look, I've come across folks before that I'll get to talking to them, and, and they'll say, well, Pastor, God got me up this morning, and God told me to do this, and God told me to do that, and God told me to do that, and, and they list for about half a dozen things of what God told them to do. And I'm thinking, boy, they've got a good relationship with God. I got up this morning, and I ain't heard God yet. I've prayed, Sister Sue. I, I've read my Bible like I spoke, but I ain't heard God speak like that, you know. Maybe they've got a better relationship. And I'm not saying that God can't do that. Please hear me. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand me this morning. God can do those things. But how many knows that if God has already given me his word, then my expectation of him needs to be I need to follow this. Yes, he can speak. I've heard him before. He's, he's spoken in my, in, my, in my spirit, in my presence before, right? In my mind, in my spirit realm. But through his words, Sister Marilyn, he speaks tremendously. He tells me things. He shows me things. I'm not saying that God can't speak, but don't get hung up on those things. Hello. As long as, as, long as it harmonizes with the book, it's okay. We can rest assured that if, if, we, if we felt led to do uh, those things that God, and, and those, those things that we feel like that God is speaking to us, and if it does not harmonize with the Scripture, if it does not harmonize with the Word of God, I'm going to tell you, God ain't speaking. God is not speaking to you. Amen. It's not the Spirit that's telling you to do those things. I've met people, and they've talked to me. I'm just, I'm just going to flow in the Spirit today. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flow. And it's almost like they're a, a piece of paper in the wind. I'm flowing. 
When God blows, I'm flowing with him. I don't flow real good, do I? <laughs> Too much thanksgiving. But we feel that way at times. And, and, and please hear me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset with this in the sense of, 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 of not listening to God. God can speak. I'm, and that's not what I'm saying. He can speak. But, but I've met people before, and you have too, that's so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good whatsoever. God speaks about everything. And he doesn't. God uses his word. God uses his word to teach us. What are we going to do in these situations? We need water. Yes, we do. But you've never gotten any water out of, out of a pump in 40 years that you come across. Do something different. If you've not gotten water out of that thing, do something different. Read the word of God. Follow the instructions for heaven's sake. We don't need, we don't need you to preserve the tradition of what you've been doing. We need water today. Amen. If we ever live in a day that we need the drink of a fresh water of life, it's today in America. We need a drink of water of Jesus Christ today in America. Amen. Read the book. It'll help you understand what Jesus meant when he said in John 8, 29, I do always those things that please him. Everything I do pleases him. We're, we, we're so susceptible, susceptible of being deceived in our times simply because of a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge that came, that has crossed our land today. And it simply is there because we don't take time to read the book. Pastor, why are you spending so much time on this, on this book, this thing, reading the book? Listen, we live in a day where you can be deceived. There are people that's, that, that is deceiving them left and right. People leaving the churches today simply because they're being deceived. You've got to understand what the book says. You've got to understand what thus saith the word of God is saying to you. Follow, follow the book, amen. Follow the book. What's, what's interesting about this in Pentecostal circles, and don't, don't hate me as your pastor after this service, all right? Is that for us to believe somebody, all they got to do is speak in tongues. You sure are quiet. All we got to do to believe them is have a good show and somebody act like they get healed. Boy, they're a man of God, they're a woman of God. Did not the scripture say, they come to Jesus one day and say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. Did it not say that? We prophesied in your name, Lord. And what did the Lord tell them? Depart from me, I never knew you. What? I mean, they, 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 they cast out demons, they, they prophesied in the name of the Lord, and he, and he still doesn't know them? Doesn't that tell us today that if we're not careful, if we don't have the word of God in our life, and I guess I'm so... Strong about this, this this morning is because I've, over the last few weeks of, of person after person that's left the faith simply because of just not following the scripture, following the word of God. Just not following it. Alienating themselves from the word. Wanting God to do this, wanting God to do that. But since God hasn't done this, there must be no God. Where's our faith today? Where's our faith level today? Get back to the book. Read what it says and do what it says in your everyday life. So we've got to have faith. We've got to have faith. If we're going to walk up on a situation like that, we've got to follow the note. We've got to follow the instructions. And the third thing is this. We've got to refill the bottle. And if you ain't heard nothing else I've said today, then listen to this part right here. We've got to refill the bottle. We've got to, we've got to refill the bottle. 
so that somebody else can come behind us and prime the pump. Listen to me. I don't know, and we can debate this, but I'm not so sure that we, we still live in a Christian nation. I used to think that, but I don't know that we do anymore. I, I come from, the, from South Mississippi in the Bible Belt, so to speak. I, I don't know if we have a Bible Belt anymore. I really don't. I think they've taken the belt off. I don't know that we have a Bible Belt. I do know that we have some southern hospitality stuff that's different from the northern hospitality. Hello. Not meaning that good or bad. Just saying you can tell the difference in different parts of the, of the country that you go to. But, but as far as the Bible Belt, this Christian nation, I, I don't know that we have a Christian nation anymore. We can debate that. There's, there's millions and millions of people who simply do not know Jesus Christ. There's millions of people who seldom ever go to church anymore. It's do their own thing, so to speak. The church, an institution of bureaucracy, is, is no longer interested in meeting the needs of the people. Let's talk about us today. And I'm so thankful that Curtin got up and, and said some of those things. I'm thankful for this church, that we do still meet needs of people. Amen. And you need to be proud of your church for that. Hallelujah. Because there's a lot of churches that does not meet needs anymore. They just show up. The church is interested in perpetuating many, many times their self on Sunday morning to do their little performance and have their little worship and have their good time and simply go their way. Hello? We need to have a repentant service over that kind of attitude. As a church, listen to me, as a church, we pay, we pay a tremendous price for going our own way. Think about it. We pay a tremendous price. What are you talking about, Pastor? We've lost our children. We've lost our grandchildren. We've not paid the price. In the, uh, we, we, we've lost them to the sands of the desert. We've lost our grandchildren to the, to the winds of, of this land. What are you talking about? Well, because when we come to the pump, we were interested in ourselves. We just drank the water. We enjoyed the emotional experience. We enjoyed the shout. That we never took time to refill the bottle. We never took time to share what God has done for us. We never took time with our kids and show them the message of Jesus Christ. We just assumed they got it. Hmm. There's probably more of this today concerning selfishness is what I'm talking about that goes on in the church and what we care to admit. Why, Pastor? Because we don't take time to prime the pump. We were a little too busy for that because... Lord, help me here. We got into this political correctness thing that we just accept anything and everything and we say it's okay and it's not. I'm telling you, it's not. There's some things that will send you to hell. There's some things that you're going to wind up in a burning hell forever and ever. Listen to me today. Pastor, we're going into the Christmas season. You're supposed to be cheerful and joyful and all these things. I'll do that next Sunday. The Lord willing. Sister Marilyn, we got, we got thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions of people that's dying and going to hell today but simply because we won't tell them the truth. We've got to speak the truth. There's some things that's going on in our land that is not right. It's not right at all. It goes totally against the Word of God. It's totally against the Word of God. And we're supposed to accept it. We're supposed to just look at it and say, okay, it's okay. everything's going to be fine. God is a God of love. Yes, He is. Thank, he, thank God that He is. But there's some things He's not going to allow to enter. Hear me today, church. There's some things He's not going to allow to enter heaven. 
And we've got to follow the instructions. We've got to follow the instructions. We, 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 you know, you know, we're selfish, in other words. We didn't take time to prime the pump. We're too busy for those sort of things. We had to hurry on our way and beat down the crowd to the, to the restaurant on Sundays. We just simply want to come to church, Pastor. We want to drink the water, and we want to have a big old time. Hallelujah. Now, let me stop here long enough to tell you this. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with us coming together and having a big old time in the Lord. But it cannot stay here. You've got to take it out there. You've got to take it out there. Some of us decided that we should follow the instructions to the point that we got the pump all primed up. Boy, we got it primed. And it was really giving water. We drank and we drank and we drank. We shouted. We spoke in tongues. We done all these things. We got so excited that we started dancing and worshiping and clapping other hands. And then we left the empty bottle in the sand. For so, my, so somebody else couldn't come up and understand and feel what we feel and have felt. A generation of young people. Think about this. A generation of young people that walked up to the pump, found the baking powder can, found the note, found the dry sand, found the dusty bottle lying close to it. They had no choice but to turn away from what should have been help, what should have been hope. Pastor, they come into our church, but they don't look like us. No, they don't. But you're supposed to love them anyway. They come into our church and they don't smell like us. No, they don't, but you're supposed to love them anyway. They don't dress like we do. No, they, they don't, but i got to love them anyway. they got all these earrings and tattoos and all this stuff all over their bodies. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands how many's got earrings and tattoos in here. <laughs> that was just a side note. But we're supposed to love them anyway, right? Or, or, or that, is that what we as Christians are supposed to do? Did not Peter tell the apostles they're going to know us by our what? By our love for one another. By our love for one another. But we want to get them in and we want to straighten them out and we want to do this and we want to do that and we want to harm these little ones. In essence, what we're doing, we want them to act like we act. We want them to jump around and dance around, but we've not, primed the, we've not, we've not refilled the bottle for them where they can come get a drink as well. And they leave hopeless. They leave helpless. They leave, and, and, and we see their trail as they leave the church, and we wonder where they gone because they were doing so good. They were acting just like us, but we've not given them nothing to sustain them. Hello, church. And now we've got this attitude that's going around, whatever feels good, let's do it. Let's just live for the moment. That's where we are in our world today, whether you, whether you know it or not. That's where we are. Whatever feels good, let's do it. Whatever suits me is going to be all right. We've been on a barren desert, but I believe as the musicians come this morning, I believe today that God has brought us back to the pump. He's trying to bring us back to the pump where we can be fed today, where we can be filled today. The pump is there. The baking powder can it, with, with, the, with the direction that's inside, that, that full bottle of water under the rock is there today. The Holy Spirit has brought us to this, to this hour to take to positive steps to bring our children, to bring our grandchildren, to bring those that are coming up behind us, our loved ones, where they as well could get a drink of the living water of Jesus Christ.
the other day, and I don't mean to be personal, but it just, and, and I'm sure your kids has done the same thing, but let me just share with you. The other day, Sister Jeanette, Adam and Catherine sent, us, sent me and Karen this little video of Ella Kate. She's, she turned a year this past uh, year, this past week. On the TV set, they had this worship music going on. This little girl, who was not a year old at that point, understand where, where, where I'm coming from. Because we think kids sometimes, are, they don't learn at that early age. I'm going to tell you, they learn. They learn sometimes more than we adults do. That little girl, before she was a year old, was walking around the living room listening to the worship music. And because mom and daddy had already taken her to church, sister, maybe she was there with her hands up and she'd just be walking around like this. Now we look at that and we take pictures. We oh, that's the cutest thing. It's, it's wonderful. And it was. Now hear me. But Brother Rains, as she grows, if mom and daddy stops taking her to church, number one, I'm going to hurt them. And then the Lord might get them. But... And, if, and if they stop the training, if they stop the instructions, if they get up one day and say, Hey, Ella Kate, do you want to go to church today or not? Boy, I'm getting on some of our toes right now. Would you want to go to youth group tonight on Wednesday night or do you want to go down to the skate ring? Let, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to really get on our toes, so hold, hold yourself, pick your feet up. Do you want me to take you to church on Wednesday night and drop you off? Because I've got to go to Walmart, do my shopping, and I'll drop you off and I'll go over there. Hmm. And yet we wonder why they've strayed. Why they have went this way and they've went that way. Why do you think it is? Because they're just following mama and daddy. They're just following you. That's all they're doing. They're following you. And so at some point in time, we've got to wake up. We've got to recognize I've got to get back to the instructions. I've got to get back to the book. I've got to get back to the basics and follow what God has set forth in his plan. I'm not trying to be hard on us. I'm just trying to help us today. What are we going to do? What are we going to do if we walk up on a situation like this? What are we going to do in the house of God when we're, when we're supposed to? Listen, listen, elder women and elder men. The scripture tells you, matter of fact, it gives specific instructions. You're supposed to train up the little ones. To bring them up, to teach them, to train them. But what are we doing? Are we doing that? Or we're just letting it go by and everything's going to be fine? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I pray that one of the things we can do is get this book out and refresh ourselves with actually what it says. Set our kids down. Teach them what thus saith the Word of God says. To share with them. Proverbs tells us, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Didn't mean that he'll not walk away from the faith, but what it does mean is simply he'll remember what you taught him. He'll remember those truths. He'll remember those things that set forth. One of the things that you've heard me say this before, one of the things I, I'm, I'm so grateful that dad and mom done for us kids as we was growing up, especially at Christmas time, before we opened any present, before we done any of that kind of stuff, we always sat around and we read Luke chapter 2 about the Messiah being born from a virgin Mary. We read about the angels singing Hosanna 
in the highest. We read about the three wise men that came and knelt down before him and brought him gifts. We read about those things before we was able to do any other thing. Why? Because that is what was important. I do the same thing at our house now. I just carry it on. I hope that my son and my daughter will carry on the same thing. Well, Pastor, that means you read it three or four times. Yep, but it's all right. It'll teach us. It'll show us some things. Because we understand those things that's important to us as God's people. What are we going to do? We've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to the book where the Lord is calling us to get back to. Because if we don't read the instructions, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Got to get back to the book. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I want to thank you today for your many blessings. God, I understand that this message today was, parts of it was a little hard, a little tough. I understand, dear God, that we have to, as your people, we have to be brought back to the place of service to you. It's so easy for us to get outside the umbrella, to get outside the comfort zone of our relationship with you. Because this world has so many things to offer, this, so many exciting things and wonderful things. And a lot of it is not bad. And God, if we're not careful, we, we forget to go back and prime the pump. We forget to go back and refill the bottle. We forget to go back and study what your word is trying to tell us today. Father, you know my heart today. Everybody that's under the sound of my voice today, God, you know I love. And Lord, you know my heart that desires that everybody in this house make heaven their home. And God, we've got to do things the right way. We've got to follow what your book says. We've got to follow. And if we find ourselves outside the instructions... God, I ask you today that you would lead us in the path that we need to follow. Bring us back. Bring us back today. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly, I want to ask you something today, church. Is everything ready? Is everything okay in your life today? Is everything right with you and the Lord today, should He come? Is it okay? Because if it's not, then you didn't make it right today. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, today. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. But today is the hour. If you'd be honest with yourself and you say, Pastor, while I sit here today, I, I wonder, I, I just wonder if everything is okay because I'm not sure that it is. That's you. Would you just lift up your hand, put it right back down, wherever you may be, on this house, in the balcony, on this main floor. We want to pray with you today. We want to ask God to come into your heart. I want to make it right, Pastor. Before I leave, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is residing and living in my life today. If that's you, would you just put up your hand and put it right back down? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all over the house, would you stand with us today? Thank you, Father. 
Father, one more time, I want to give you thanks. I want to give you praise for everything that you mean to us today. I want to thank you, God, that as best as I could tell, I didn't see one hand go up, which lets me understand that everybody in the house is ready to go, and I thank you for that. I praise you for that, Lord. I thank you for that. Because, God, I know that if you should come today, I know that I'm going to be with my family, not only my earthly family, but my spiritual family as well, in heaven. And what a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. And Lord, I pray that you bless every individual. I pray that you bless every family member that's represented here today. I pray, God, that you just anoint each and every one of them. Lord, this Christmas season, let us gather our families together. Let us talk about those things that's important. Let us not look at the negative things. Let us not look at those mistakes. But God, let us pick ourselves up from where we are today. And let us make something good that you've already blessed us with. Let us find that area that you want us to go. And Father, we'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus today. Amen and amen. Would you do something with me today before we go? Will you just lift up your hands, just give God praise. Just to give Him glory, give Him honor today. Be thankful for what He's blessed you with this season. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name.